Good morning, good morning. Good to see you all on this beautiful, wow, what a great morning the Lord has given to us. Pray for our teenagers who are one by one uh, catching a bug that's going around from the bus. We still are going to have our service tonight. And parents, I'm saying to you, we would rather have them here with their bug than not. We'll take a risk, right? We, we rode on a bus with the bug for the last, uh, you know, 12 hours, so if we can do that, hey, nothing's going to take us down. Um, like never before, uh, we have needed your prayers this week. We had a great week. Scott Pauley is, wow, God used him to just uh, chew us up and spit us out, encourage us, and all those kinds of things. But you probably already know, but I will tell you anyway, that uh, DeAndre and Jaden Van lost their mom while we were gone to camp. Uh, she was in her late 30s, I believe, but um, she was diagnosed with cancer about two and a half weeks ago. Uh, the doctor said it's an aggressive, it's a, an oddly aggressive cancer, but uh, when we went to camp, the expectation was that she had six months to a year. Um, it just continued to progress, and by Friday, uh, she had lost the ability to, to fight that cancer, and so... Uh, we appreciate your prayers like you don't know, um, but God's using all of those things in the hearts of all of our teenagers, right? God is a good God, and he does what is good for us. So uh, it's been a joy as a pastor to watch um, the teenagers just, you know, come around and encourage and uplift and all those kinds of things. So uh, if you would just pray for them. So that being said, the funeral is going to be on Tuesday. Here, visitation will be at 11 o'clock, and the service will be at 1 o'clock. All of that will take place on Tuesday. So um, if it's possible for you to have your teenagers here, that would be a, a blessing. I know it's asking a lot, short notice and all those kinds of things. But uh, anyway, you'll find out tonight the other things God's doing. So with that in mind, just pray for the teenagers tonight, a lot of things that are on the plate. And uh, so anyway. Let's see what else we have in the way of announcements. If you're visiting for the first time, we'd love for you to stop by the Welcome Center and let us give you a gift and officially welcome you here. If you're visiting online for the first time, sbtnd.org slash contact. Let us know that you're out there. It's always an encouragement when we hear from people uh, who are in there listening to us. Look at this. Cedar Woods back. Welcome. Did you guys have a good trip? Just look back there and have a see that. All right. Uh, thriving in the service, so, or in service, if you're interested in jumping into service of some sort. Uh, we need some teachers and co-teachers for our children's ministries. This is Sunday School and Children's Church. We're trying to double up everything so that we have two, for two reasons. One, accountability, right? It's just always good to have somebody else in the classroom to just guard and protect everybody. Uh, we, we already have windows and the doors so that we can try to help with all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we just want to do that. Uh, plus, then if somebody gets sick at the last second, you actually have somebody. You're not, you're not uh, trying to scramble and find somebody. Uh, so and and you know it's always true, always true that a job divided is easier, right? So uh, you know you can come alongside and help. Say I can't make that kind of a commitment. Well, you can make the kind of a commitment that isn't you know all the time. And so uh, just encourage you to think about that. Children's church, uh, Sunday schools, looking for those. See Pastor Brett or Rob Williams for more information about that. Ice Cream Social is coming up on Sunday, August the 6th. A lot of things happen that Sunday. It's the last Sunday for our interns, so we can, I mean, we can uh, enjoy them. I'm just kidding. We'll celebrate with them. It's always a great time. But it's just a great time for our church. If you've never been to one of our Ice Cream Socials, you're in for a treat. Not just the ice cream, you're in for a treat. It's just a, a wonderful spirit 
time of fellowship with our church. We have an outdoor service. The service is really a praise and testimony service, and we do a lot of singing and that kind of stuff. It's just a joy. Uh, you can start here about 3 o'clock in the afternoon for activities. There will be a food truck here, uh, the same one that was here last year. You can eat if you want to buy some food. That one's you have to buy. Uh, we bring homemade ice cream. Notice I said we bring homemade ice cream. So you have an ice cream freezer. Figure out how to make some homemade ice cream. You say, Pastor John, I can't figure it out. Okay. If you'll give it to me, I can make homemade ice cream in it, but I would much rather, you know, I'm going to make homemade ice cream no matter what, right? So I'd much rather you figure it out and go online and figure that out, but it's just a joy. So that's on Sunday, August 6th. Pray that we have weather like this, because uh, it's helpful if it's clear and uh, dry than it is if it's wet. We don't. We've had it wet one, one year, I think, we had to come in here, and it worked. It's just not the same. All right. Missionaries of the week are Andy and Bryn Gleister. They're out in Hope, the, the Hope for Reno uh, mission. We're just planting a church out there in Reno. We've sent our teenagers out there a couple of times, and it's been just a great joy for them to, uh, to learn and grow. And I'm standing up here without having read their most recent letter, so I'm just going to tell you to pray for Andy and Bryn as they're out there working in Reno. Reno is, you know, we, we used to talk about Africa like it's a spiritually dark place, right? Now you're talking about pockets of America, where there's just spiritual darkness. There's not a whole lot of things happening uh, with the gospel in, in America. And Reno is one of those places, and if you would just pray that uh, those people would uh, open, have hearts that are open and tuned to the gospel, that would be great. Let's have the men come forward. We'll take up the offering and ask the Lord's blessing on our services as well, and on the uh, Gleisers as they're ministering out there in Reno. Brother Devin, if you would do that for us, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves us, Lord. Our hearts are, are broken with Jaden and DeAndre and the Pattersons, Lord, but we just uh, ask you to comfort them. We think of the psalm that says, The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their noise. And, the, and it goes on to say that you are mightier than the mighty waters and the waves of the sea. Lord, I just pray that that would be uh, evident in their lives, Lord, through this. Pray for us that as we worship through giving, that we'll uh, worship well and that our hearts will be turned to you through this. And we uh, thank you for the opportunity to give back to you what you've given to us and the blessings that you've flooded our lives with. We pray for the missionaries. We pray for the Gleisers in uh, Reno, Lord. We just pray that you would continue to bless them, use them, and impact that ministry so that the name of Jesus goes forth in those dark places and that they can continue to be a light. I thank you so much for our church, and Lord, just pray you'll bless the service. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. We're thankful for God's power that He has through His death on the cross for you and for me. We're so glad you're here this morning. Hope you're ready to worship the Lord through singing. We've just been able to worship through giving. All the songs today were on their way on the bus ride home yesterday. I was like, hey, what song songs do you guys want to sing? And the service tomorrow, so these are kind of picked on the bus. So let's stand together and let's sing to God be the glory, great things He hath done. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, John, for that. I'm going to keep singing this morning. This song is based off of the book of Philippians, all four verses, chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4 of the verses, uh, written by Matt Herbster. So let's sing together for me to live as Christ. In life or death,
one more song. The group, uh, one of the groups at the camp sang this song as a special, and it was suggested yesterday on the bus. So we'll sing all three verses of Trust Me. Do you trust me as your guide? Oh, my path.
Appreciate that. We're going to be in uh, the book of Acts if you want to go ahead and turn there. So, uh, you know, just so many things that are on my heart to say, uh, some of which we'll say tonight. But um, I watched this morning something that just, uh, just, this is what you want to see as a pastor. So uh, here's what the scripture says in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel's writing, So I spake unto the people in the morning. And at even, my wife died. And I did in the morning as I was commanded. And uh, so I was looking for DeAndre, and I couldn't find him. And uh, found him sitting up the piano, playing, serving the Lord. And uh, so that's what you want to see as a pastor. This is not what you want to see. So we're going to try to avoid all of that. This is what you're not going to believe. He's going to take my word for it. This message was already planned. All right? This message was already planned. And it just is going to be uh, very, very uh, apropos, as God would, of course, have it. If I were going to title it, I don't title my messages often, but it would be Facing a God Not Easily Understood. Facing a God Not Easily Understood. We're going to be in Acts chapter 18 to begin with, and we're going to skip around. I, I try not to do this to you in the scriptures, but we'll skip around the book of Acts a little bit, and we're going to end up in the book of Mark, uh, just so you're aware. We're going to start with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started. Father, we just love you so much. We thank you for all of your many blessings. We thank you that Lisa is with you today for her clear understanding of the gospel and putting her faith in your son as her savior and for the joy that we have of knowing that today she is not in pain, that she is uh, rejoicing in your presence and uh, looking forward to the rest of us joining her. And just pray that you would comfort uh, Jaden, DeAndre, Carol, and Skeet as they are dealing with these uh, losses, this loss here. Uh, just pray that you be with them. As we, as a congregation, consider you this God that isn't easily understood, that we would be willing to... Uh, 
trust you when we don't understand you. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, there's a hole in the bottom of the boat. <laughs> thank you, guys. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Uh, they did this skit down there at camp, and every time they said, there's a hole in the bottom of the boat, that would happen. And, oh, it was just, so I said, I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. Don't let me down. And uh, anyway, uh, so they, they came through golden. I appreciate it. Um, You'll have to find out about the skit later on. I, we won't even tell you about it tonight. We don't have time to do all that stuff, right? We had 41 teenagers that went to camp, and, and uh, nine of us or eight of us sponsors. So, you know, in order for us all to share a testimony tonight, if we took one minute, the service is done. You understand? That's kind of how this is going to work tonight. So it's, you're just going to find out about some stuff uh, in conversation. Acts chapter 18, verse 21. The first thing I want to discuss here as we're looking at this is the difficulty of discerning God's will. Um, it's not easy for us as human beings to understand the will of God. Can anybody think of a verse that would back me up on that? You know it right off the top of your head. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Right? They're not our ways. They're not our thoughts. We have a God who is infinitely beyond whatever we are going to do with this. And, and sometimes, you know, understanding God's will is just not an easy thing. Here in Acts chapter 18, now I'm going to tell you, some of you are going to walk away from here not agreeing with me. All right? Uh, I, because I'm just going to tell you that up front. Right? Um, you can, and we can have that discussion but it still fits within the concept that we have a God that is not easy to understand, even his will. Verse 21 says, But bade them farewell, we're coming into the middle of the story here, saying, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, I must by all means keep the feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you, if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. So he's, he's talking to that church of Ephesus, he says, I've got to go, I've got to go, uh, but if God's will, I'll come back, but I've got to go to Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 19, verse 21, it says this. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So Paul's like, I've got to go to Jerusalem, and then I'm going to Rome. All right? So we, we understand what, what the heart of the Apostle Paul is here. Right? He wants to go to Jerusalem. He wants to go to Rome. Now, when we get to Acts chapter 20, flip on over, just keep following me through. In Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 18, now you're going to see some, some uh, difficult circumstances that are going to try to dissuade the Apostle Paul from, from doing what he is convinced is God's will for him here. Verse 18 says, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations which befell me, by the lying in wait of the Jews. And now I kept nothing back. By the way, that's that Acts chapter 20, verse 20. That's that Acts 2020 vision. Remember uh, in January of Acts 20, or of, uh, 2020, uh, I preached a series on you know, the 2020 vision concept. And boy, was that uh, me stepping out uh, where God said, John, you don't know what you're talking about. COVID happened, and it changed everything, right? We, I had a vision. It wasn't quite exactly what God's vision was. Uh, and uh, so, you know, at some point you have to trust the Lord here. How I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have showed you uh, and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews 
and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide with me. I don't know everything, but I know this. God told me, Paul, you're going to have bonds and afflictions. Paul knows this. He's aware. The, the, the road God is sending him on is a rough road. Right? Doesn't always understand, we don't always understand everything about God's will, but here it is. Verse 24 then says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You know, I'm aware that there's a lot of things ahead of me. I see the issues. Paul's like, I'm not blind. I know what's coming. But none of these things are going to stop me from, you know, counting myself. I'm not going to count my life dear and and I'm going to finish the course. I'm going to go do what God has called me to do. In fact, I'm going to finish the course with joy and the ministry which he has received of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you that Paul seems to be the only one in the book of Acts who is convinced that he's supposed to go to Jerusalem and Rome. Everybody else is going to try to keep Paul from going to Jerusalem. I mean, it's, you just you follow with me. We're going to see that. The question we, have to, we ask ourselves is, who was right? Paul or the people who were trying to keep him from going? And I'm going to tell you that people don't agree. People don't agree on who is right. So if you read one commentary, they'll tell you that Paul was being stubborn and willful and prideful and he should have listened and he might not have died. And other people will say, you know, Paul was following what the, what the Lord was telling him to do. And, and so this is tough. This gets really difficult when, when God's will doesn't seem to fit with our narrative. It gets difficult. Uh, we've lived through that this last week. Uh, a, a situation where God's will doesn't seem to fit with our narrative. I'm, I'm, I'm begging that DeAndre and Jane is not here because he's sick, but uh, understand my heart as I just try to speak to you as a congregation on how to minister to this family. Um, you know, I'm telling you, you know, his mom was reintroduced into their lives after years of being gone just a few months ago, a couple months ago. And we watched a sweet spirit of repentance that had come over her. We watched that. And what a joy it was to be able to see that reunion taking place. And it does not fit within our narrative that so shortly after her coming back that she's taken away. That's a hard one to come to grips with. And that's us, right? We're not really close to that situation. And so you can imagine if it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around it, how difficult it is for DeAndre and Jaden, to wrap their minds around what God is doing. But we have a God who we can trust. We have a God who's sometimes difficult to understand, but we can trust. So here's the Apostle Paul. He's like, I, I don't know how I can convince you, but I'm doing what I believe God wants me to do. And there's going to be people that are trying to convince him. Let's Turn, if you would, please, to Acts chapter 21 and verse 4. And let me show you what's happening with the Apostle Paul. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. I'm jumping through the story because otherwise I'm never going to get through it. You can go home and read it. Who said to Paul, through the 
Tell me what's unique about that word spirit. It's capitalized. Through the spirit that he should go to Jerusalem. So the Holy Spirit of God is telling these people to tell Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Now, this becomes our challenge. This is the, this is the challenging verse right here. Is Paul supposed to go to Jerusalem? No and yes. That's, you're proving my point. You're, you're exactly proving my point. Now, I'm going to say, it's, well, I'm, I'll show you why. Before I just say what I think, I'm going to show you why I think it. So let's just kind of keep working ourselves through. Go down to verse 11. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girl. This is the, the prophet that's there. I'm coming in the middle of the story again. And bound his own hands and his, uh, and his feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now I want you to hear this. That's not necessarily saying Paul shouldn't go to Jerusalem. That's just simply saying, if you go, this is what's going to happen. Right? This, this is what's going to happen. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye? to weep and break mine heart. For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying what? The will of the Lord be done. Now, there are three ways, quite honestly, that you can view this. And I'll tell you why, which conclusion I come to and why in just a moment. There's three ways. One is, you can say, you know what? Paul was being warned and he shouldn't have gone. You can say that. That's, that's a, a legitimate way to understand this passage. You could say this. That, and this is another way, but if you read it in commentaries, you'll see. That the Holy Spirit simply said you know, to these guys who love Paul and did not want him to go, I give you permission to share your heart with Paul. Tell him what you think. You know, that doesn't mean it wasn't a command. They were saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. And the Holy Spirit had given them permission to do so, to say that. You could say that. And it was really a way to show, perhaps, that they loved Paul and that he would know that they loved him. And the third way is, let me ask you this question. Was Abraham supposed to kill Isaac? As far as he knew, he was. Yes. But we know that that was a test of his faith. Right? We know that. It was a test of his faith. God provided. So you could say, another, a third way to look at this, is that Paul's faith is being put to the test. Here's what I know. Paul was convinced no one else was. Now I want to show you something that you can't, can't lose. All right? Go down to chapter 23 and verse 11. Now the Holy Spirit is going to speak, or the Lord is going to speak to Paul. 23 and verse 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. You know what Paul said at the very beginning of this? I've got to go to Jerusalem, I've got to go to Rome. You know what God says at the end of this? You've got to go to Jerusalem and you've got to go to Rome. We can have the argument however you want to have it. But guess what God said? Paul, 
You got to go to Jerusalem. You got to go to Rome. Now, I'm just, and let me just be coldly honest. If I'm going to put my confidence in any of the men in this scenario, I, I look at the Apostle Paul and think, you know what? I think he's kind of earned the right <laughs> for me to kind of fall on his side. Uh, that's just me. You can do it. I'm not arguing this point. I'm really not. I'm just saying sometimes God's will is not easy to discern. Here's the Apostle Paul. He's convinced. And in the end, God says, this is what I want you to do. But no one else thought it was the right thing to do. No one else thought it was the right thing to do. And it was a challenge for the Apostle Paul to say, I'm going to do what I think God wants me to do, and I'm really not asking your permission. Right? I'm, I'm really I'm dealing with God. I'm just telling you, a lot of people will... They're not going to be happy with me saying this, you know, but I believe the Apostle Paul did what God wanted him to do. I think whenever the men who were warning Paul not to go to Jerusalem said, the will of the Lord be done, they submitted to God's will. Do you understand? Up until that point, they were like, this is what we want, this is what we want, don't go, don't go. The will of the Lord be done. Paul, if you've got to go, you've got to go. The will of the Lord be done. It's not easy to discern God's will, which brings us to our current situation here, where we often face a God that we do not understand. And um, as the song that we just sang as a congregation said, trust me, trust me. That's the hardest part of life, isn't it? I mean, honestly, all of us have been in circumstances where what we're facing is not where we want to be. And it's hard for us to put where we are and what we're facing into the context of God is good, I can trust him. It's hard to put those things together. But folks, is God good? Can you trust Him? Could we say that to Jaden and DeAndre? That God is good and they can trust Him? Yes. Discerning God's will is not always easy. Understanding God's will is not always easy. Finding a God whose will seems to be harsh and difficult sometimes is not always easy yet. God is good. Take your Bible turn to Matthew chapter 5, or chapter 1, I'm saying Mark, I'm messing it all up. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. This passage here in Mark chapter 1 is, uh, you know, it's a powerful, we're going to start in verse 23. Mark chapter 1, verse 23. It's a powerful passage of scripture, but I'm telling you, this passage is not easy to deal with. First, we find a God who's Will is hard to discern, difficult to understand. But now we're going to see a God with the disappointment of this concept. It is not my will, but thine be done. And that's hard. That's hard. Not my will, but thine be done. Here in Mark chapter, 20, chapter 1, verse 23, it says, And there were, was 
in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What are we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed and so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout the region around Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and he ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all, circle that word all, all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils, and all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed, and on verse 34, I want you to circle another word. What is it? Many. Because what, what, what it does not say is important here. All that were sick and all that had devils gathered to be healed. But you know what he did not do? Heal all of them. He healed many. In my mind's eye, well, let's keep going. Let me show you what it says. I've got to stop or I'll get myself in trouble here. Um, he healed many that were both that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Verse 35, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So this is Jesus. He gets up early in the morning, goes out, has a quiet time with him and his father, in verse 36, And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, Circle the word again, what is it? All men seek for thee. So everybody gathered, he heals many, and now everyone's still gathered to see Jesus. And I want to show you a God that's hard to understand. Look at verse 38. And he said unto them, let us go into the next town. So now here's in my mind's eye. You've got some dad holding his sick child. The only hope he has for this little child is Jesus. That's it. Jesus can heal him. He stood there. They closed down the healing service. Jesus goes off to pray. And he says to himself, I'm not leaving. And he sits down on the spot and he waits. And he has to deal with a God who moves on to the next town. Well, many were healed, not all. And sometimes God is difficult to understand. He just is. Sometimes God 
is hard for us to know. So what do we do when we're facing a God who's not my will but thine be done cuts us to the core? What do we do when we face a God whose will doesn't fit within our narrative? What do we do? Well, lest I get myself in real trouble here, I'm going to remind you of a song. So there's a the coffee team, if you know anything about the coffee team, their evangelistic team. And a few years back, uh, they had a situation where young couples traveling with them. And they go to church to have, start the revival meeting on a Sunday morning. When they got there, uh, this young couple, the, the husband had realized he'd forgotten his Bible. Well, it's just a couple miles down the road, so he decides he's going to go back and get his Bible. And um, those of you who know, um, you might know Stephanie Coffey. She went to graduate in Suburban. Some of you might know Mrs. Coffey graduated in Suburban. But anyway, um, so comes, comes time for the service start, and he's not back. And they begin to wonder, you know, hadn't been that long. I mean, it's been long enough. He should have been able to get back in time. And somebody else comes in and says, wow, there's a big accident down the road. And lo and behold, you know where this is going. He had been in a car accident and was killed. And um, they'd been married just a little bit of time. And this young wife in ministry with her husband has to figure out how to trust a God who, at this moment, at that very moment, doesn't seem extremely trustworthy. Let's just be honest. It was difficult, and it was hard. A couple of weeks go by, and she's going through his phone and finds in his notes on his phone the beginnings of a song and a personal message to when he was writing it, his future wife. They weren't married yet when he started this. And so they picked up that scrap of notes that he had made and wrote this song because it speaks what he wanted her to know that he had said in the message, and I would play it for you, but it would just make me fall apart. I don't want to do that. But it says something to this effect. You know, right now, we know that God is good, and you know that I love you. But if I ever am taken away from you, you need to still know that God is good. And um, So they put the scraps together, and this is the song. We, uh, you've heard it. It's been sung here before. I'll uh, sing only a portion of it. No way I can get through all of it. I'm not going to try. may not get through the part that I'm going to try to sing for you, but I'm going to try. Peace is not in understanding. Peace is knowing who you are. You're the God of wonders. Mighty are your ways. Help my soul to trust in you, my God. You are God. 
You do wondrous things and you are good. And it's to you that I sing. Your compassion and your mercy cannot be understood. For you are God like no other God. And you are good. DeAndre, Deke, Carol, Jaden, the rest of your family. I don't understand all of it. I don't. But I know this. We have a good God. A good God. And He loves you. I'm going to say to you as a church, how do we minister to people when they're going through things like this? Well, I've just given you one of those, and that is to remind them constantly. While God is beyond our ability to understand, we can understand some things about Him. He loves us, and He's good. He loves us, and He's good. And the sooner we understand that part, then all of the things that we don't understand become much easier for us to deal with. He loves us. And he is good. So no matter what, peace is not an understanding. You're never going to understand what the Lord's doing here. You're never going to understand it until you get to heaven. It's not going to happen. But you can understand who it is that all of this is filtered through. Peace is not an understanding. Peace is knowing who you are. And Recognizing that we have a good, loving God will help you get through these times. I have no idea what other things people might be going through out here. I do know that life is difficult for everyone. And so you may not be going through anything that's major perhaps right now, but the reality is, you know, everyone sitting under the sound of my voice right now is struggling to understand something in their lives in light of a God who loves them and is good. And when we don't understand it, we're called upon to trust it. To trust it. Not to understand it, but to trust it. Trust what we know. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. As I said, this message was actually prepared before all of this week. But God being the good God that he is, knew some things we might need. See, Pastor John, I know I'm Christian, know I'm with heaven, that's not an issue. But Pastor, I'm facing some things in my own life that I'm finding difficult to square up with a God that is good and loves me. Pastor, I'm just being honest. I'm struggling to trust this God based on the circumstances I find my life in right now. And Pastor, I'd like for you to pray for me. Anyone else like that? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Hands are just shot up across the place. Thank you. Thank you. You may put them down. If you happen to be here and have not yet trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me tell you something. You think life's hard to understand with Christ. Can you imagine what it's like for people who don't have Jesus? So if you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know that I'm on my way to heaven. Can I tell you the, 
the way to peace, the way to contentment in spite of circumstances, is this Jesus that we proclaim unto you. And he loves you desperately and desires to bring to you the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And you get that gift by trusting his son and his death on the cross as the payment for your sin. If you're here this morning, you've never done that. You've never trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior. Right now, right where you're sitting, in the quietness of this moment, you can place your faith, your confidence, your trust in what Christ did on the cross as the payment for your sins. And the God who cannot lie will give you the gift of eternal life. If you'd say, Pastor John, that was me this morning. I, I really, that's me. I don't really know. I didn't really know, but sitting here right now this morning, I'm gonna, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to trust Jesus Christ for, the, for my salvation this morning. No one else will look around, just you, me, and the Lord. Would you just look up at me for just a moment and make eye contact with me? I want to do that this morning. Would you mean that? God's not a liar. He keeps his promises. Amen. Anyone else? Just make sure I see you. Make eye contact with me. Anyone else? Wow, what a great God we have already. Yes. One has come to know Christ this morning. Then to many, many that raise your hands, I, I don't know all the circumstances you're going through. But I know this. I don't know the circumstances, and I don't know how to get you to an understanding of it. But peace is not an understanding. Peace is knowing who he is. And I want to point you to the Lord. If, when we come to him, he gives us peace that passes understanding. And his desire is to make himself real and vibrant and alive to you. Just as he's done for DeAndre and Jaden, Pete and Carol this morning. Would you just look to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to trust you. The um, evangelist at camp, not even knowing what was going on, took us to the fiery furnace where Azariah, Mishael, and Hananiah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stood at the edge of the fiery furnace. And the king said, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And I'm going to paraphrase, but they said to him, King, we know that God can deliver us. And King, we trust that God will deliver us. But know this, King, even if he does not, we're going to trust him. We're going to trust him. And I said on Friday to DeAndre and Jaden, this is your fiery furnace. And we know that God could. We know that he didn't. But you can trust him. I would encourage you with the same. Let's trust the Lord. Father, thank you for this one who has come to understand your love for their soul. And God, help them to grow now in your grace as a new Christian. Thank you for that. God, for the many broken hearts, perhaps confused hearts, trying to decide and determine and understand your will, God, help them to know, if this is all they know, that you are good. And they can trust you. Father, 
we bring DeAndre and Jaden and Keaton Carroll before you and pray that you would just comfort them in ways that only you can do. And we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. emotion you can go through. So for us to just be a line of continual blubbering like your pastor probably isn't good either. <laughs> you know, but a hug on the neck, I'm praying for you, I love you, it goes a long way. So that's what you do. You know, don't be afraid of it. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's, they're going through it whether you say that or not. Right? You understand that. They're going through it whether you do anything or not. So don't avoid them. Just encourage them. Okay? And know that we love you, Brother Steve and your family. DeAndre, wherever you are over there, would you go to wave at me? You over there any place? There he is. We love you. We're praying for you. Carol, Jaden, if you're watching, we love you. We're praying for you. And um, we're going to get through this together, and we're going to see what the Lord has in store uh, in the future. All right? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. I love you all. You're dismissed.